the only person who actually likes Shake is Shayna. And there's a picture of them at the reunion where she's on his shoulders. No. Oh, no. Into the narrative. Oh, my Uh, God. Ew, I didn't know that. Hi, Heartbreakers. I'm back and I'm recording this Sunday immediately after the Love is Blind reunion because honestly, what other metric do we really need to demark time at this point? And I feel like this has dominated at least 50% of my conversations in the last three weeks. I even bought the signature gold wine glasses for today's recording session. And if you're not watching, first of all, like, what are you doing? Second of all, you may be thinking, is this podcast episode for me? Well, Netflix should honestly hire me as a micro-influencer for them because I'm here to convince you why you should still consume this content, starting with the podcast, and then you can move on to Love is Blind. So today, I actually bring on two therapists who have been on the show before. They're the co-hosts of Dope Shit My Therapist Says podcast, and We're able to have a really poignant discussion around why the people on this show may be acting in these seemingly irrational and bizarre ways. And it's honestly nice to have their expert opinion because what you or I may see as someone who just has crazy eyes and fidgets too much, and if you watch the show, you know exactly who I'm talking about, they are able to cite their knowledge to call upon the fact that Lack of frequent blinking is associated with certain mental conditions, and certain body movements are actually signals of ADHD. So they bring credibility to the shade that is so easy to throw around the show and some of the characters. Of course, after having this mature discussion, I did see a Twitter thread that alleges that this same man was just on coke throughout the filming, and that's why he was so fidgety. So who really knows, but at least we're able to consider both sides with their knowledge. Anyway, on a more serious note, I believe Lauren during our recording was the one to say that we can all probably see some of ourselves in every Love is Blind character. And while I refuse to claim any part of Shake because he is a monster, I do think that this discussion can help provide some reflective moments around times when we might have been in a similar dating situation and also provide some insight into why we responded the way that it did. So I hope that you enjoy all of the tea and let's dive into the recap. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a very special episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I am so excited to have two guests who have both been on the podcast before. I have Lauren Fractor, who is actually sitting next to me today. Oh, hi, Leslie. And I have Ryan Gaddy, who we wish we could be sitting next to us as well. And they are the co-hosts of Dope Shit My Therapist Says podcast. And they were here to discuss everyone's favorite, Love is Blind, season two. Yay, super excited. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Wedding and the finale. Yes. Important. So actually, at the time we're recording this, it's March 6th. So on March 7th, just tomorrow, the episode that I recorded for their podcast will be live. So we did a whole recap of episodes one through nine because there's so much to dive into. But we thought the weddings and the finale deserved their own dedicated episode because like what a lot of twists and turns, honestly. So I feel like we should just dive in. And I was kind of thinking like, okay, how should we frame this discussion? Because we have the wedding and then we have the reunion that they could honestly both be their own episode. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking like, maybe we go through the wedding day and thoughts that we had and then kind of like go through our feelings about how the reunion played out. That sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. Correct. So prior to watching, which couples did you two think were going to make it versus not? So I actually had Ryan because I watched it before she did. And I had her tell me who she thought was going to make it versus who she thought wasn't going to make it. And I didn't do that with myself, but I will say there's one couple that ended up getting married that I thought was going to get married. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like, I'm just proud of the women for deciding if they were going to get married or not. Yeah. So I think it threw me off. Because for some reason, I thought the men were going to be 
the ones to say yes or no first. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. That is traditionally how it is. I actually looked it up because I was like, why did they switch the order back and forth for all the couples? And traditionally the man says yes or I do first if it's like a heterosexual marriage. Mm -hmm. Ryan, what did you think? I didn't know that. Good fact to know. Like in general, like when you're getting married, they ask the man first. Yeah. I like Googled it to see if there is a standard and there is a traditional way. So maybe it like mixes up more these days, but I was like the fact that it switched every time and they didn't just pick one, I feel like to me means that the producers knew exactly what they were doing and like which lead would cause more drama. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I thought more of them were going to get married. There was one couple that I was surprised didn't get married I think and then Mm. I mean there ended up only being two people two couples that ended up going all the way so but I did really like this season's like push towards the female power like you know I think in marriage women are so portrayed as like oh all we want to do is get married and like live a fantasy life and I think this season really showed like no like all these women are really thinking through what's going to be best for them Mm -hmm. yes a hundred percent And so I guess we can start with the first wedding, which annoyingly the show left us on a cliffhanger with. So Nick and Danielle, I feel like Nick was just sweating so profusely and no sweat shaming. Like I sweat a lot myself, but I was like, no one else is sweating that much. So like, is it just the heat? Like even the, I don't know, the officiant, I guess that's his name. Like he was in the same position. He was not sweating. He was wearing just as many layers. So I was like, this guy is so nervous. Like, does he even want to say yes? Like, do you guys think he was going to say yes? I didn't really know, honestly. I kind of thought that he would say no because they had so many issues. But I don't know. I could see it going either way with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And knowing what I know now about what Danielle has come out with about editing. Mm -hmm. So on our episode where we talked through episodes one through nine, there were comments made about Danielle that she then posted to Instagram after we recorded that she was saying this was taken out of context. This is what was really happening. These were our conversations, which we know about because we know about reality TV and editing. Mm -hmm. So taking that into account, the wedding makes more sense to me now. But at the time, not knowing that information, I was like, Nick, what are you doing? Yeah. I know. I feel bad because I, I feel, feel bad like too. I was one of those judgmental people, even though I've watched a ton of reality shows to your point. So I know how people can be edited, mm-hmm. but it was difficult not to get kind of caught up in just seeing how anxious she seemed and like how many fights she seemed to pick seemingly unnecessarily. So, but of course we don't know the whole backstory and what is going on internally. So I'm happy that they like made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely curious to see how they do moving forward and she said at one point, well, this is reunion and stuff. I guess maybe I should wait. <laughs> so no, it's fine. I feel like it's kind of going to bleed into one another. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She had said that like, once they actually got through the wedding, like the stress levels really went down and she felt like they did a lot better job communicating with each other and learning how to kind of get through all that stuff. And so, you know, I think that was a good point to it too, is that there's a lot of pressure for them to make all of this happen in a short period of time. And how is that impacting everything? Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of pressure that I feel like is kind of, I don't want to say unfair because they know exactly what they signed up for, but it is very like, unlike anything else you would ever experience. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So just going in the order of the weddings, we have to dive into Mm -hmm. what was honestly the best, most empowering scene, shake and deep D like what a queen, what an absolute queen. I am just like so proud of her. So she's our collective favorite, I feel like, yes, right? Yes. So she, you know, for the longest time was going back and forth between should she, shouldn't she? And I like that whatever she was going through wasn't out there like yeah. it was with Shake. Yeah. We knew how he felt about her. He loved everything about her, except he wasn't physically attracted. Whatever was going on with Deep D, I feel like that was more of an internal thing and mm-hmm. we didn't know about it, mm-hmm. but clearly whatever it was made her decide to say no and proud of her for that. Yeah. He sucks. And I don't know if it was editing, like they cut out all those conversations she's had with other people to kind of make it a surprise about the wedding. Mm -hmm. But realistically, like they did portray her to be very mature. And even in the conversations where he's open about like not being attracted to her and all this stuff, you know, towards the end, 
she's very calm about it and like seems like she's really kind of being an adult about it. Cause I think if I was dating someone and they were like, yeah, we're about to get married, but I really don't want to fuck you. I'd be like, deal breaker. The fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Also, it's like that didn't stop you from grabbing her ass and like squeezing it with wild abandon. Like the first second you saw her, like that was insane. Watching the recap of that after seeing the progression of their relationship, I'm like, how dare you? Like, get your hands off of her. Right. So disrespectful. And I mean, he's so confusing because he's just got this mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth kind of thing. And I don't know. How can you say you love somebody and care about somebody so much and then consistently go behind their back and tell people like, uh, she's not hot enough for me and stuff like that. It just... Yeah. And I was thinking about that when I was watching the reunion and stuff about, you know, his comparison to her as a family member. And it made me think, Hmm. is he comparing her to a family member because he's only really able to create a a deep emotional connection with family members? Like not a romantic connection, but like a deep emotional connection he has never been able to do in a relationship. And now that he's found that, he doesn't see it as a romantic relationship. He only knows how to compare it to like his family relationships. That's really interesting. I don't disagree with that point. Mm-hmm. For me, when I was watching it, and I'm bringing up diversity again, I feel like it's because he's only dated white women. Now he's I dating someone of the thing. same culture. Yeah. So it's like a family member because she understands where I come from. Yep. She's cool with a lot of the things that I grew up with, but he's never dated anyone of his same background until her. So I think he just put up a wall before anything. I mean, once he saw her, the wall was up. Yep. I mean, he didn't even give her a chance, which I'm glad he didn't because she would have been sorry Mm -hmm. and it would have been really sad to see her go through with this marriage knowing what we know now. So I'm really glad he was super upfront about not being attracted to her, even though in the end she ended up not marrying him. It was a good thing. I agree. Yeah, I felt the same way that you did, Lauren, that it was kind of a racial thing because he said, like, I've been running from my background all this Mm -hmm. time. And like, I just think he has a lot of like self-acceptance to do, to be honest, in order to kind of get past dating only like outside of his race. And again, like I said on your podcast, there's literally nothing wrong with dating outside of your race. But if it comes to a point where it's being a blocker, where you are excluding someone from the possibility of being a romantic partner for no reason other than their appearance, then yeah, that's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was also really interesting, like watching his face. I actually like while I was getting ready today, like put on the wedding episode again. So I kind of watched it twice. Watching his face while she was walking down the aisle, he was like so shocked. Like he looked like he was actually like truly attracted to her for the first time. And it's like, okay, too little, too late. Yep. But I guess what do you think would have happened if she had said yes or if he had gone first? Do you think he would have accepted? He would have said yes. I think he was going to say yes. For sure. He had it in his eyes. You could see that he had, and this is just like typical of anyone. And again, like, you know, we don't know Shake personally, but he's, you know, exhibiting narcissistic tendencies, Mm -hmm. but they have like this like ammo pack with them that they're like, if I'm rejected, I'll just throw out all these things because I'm just waiting. If she had said yes, he would have said yes. Then the reunion, I think there would have been a lot of issues with them. I don't think that they would be. They probably wouldn't have been together. No. Yeah. I do think that potentially if he had gone first and said yes, DP probably still would have said no. And that would have been the, honestly, that would would have have been the best. That would have made my life. Honestly, now that we're saying it, I wish that would have happened because he was such an asshole immediately after to be like, well, this isn't fun to say, but like, I was more on the fence than she was. And like, she would have said yes if I had said yes. And it's like, no, she wouldn't have. But now he has this plausible deniability. Right. Well, and that's where you really see those narcissistic tendencies or whatever mental health is going on with him come out because as soon as he's put on the spot where he's embarrassed and he doesn't have the power, he's all types of appropriateness and boundaries are going to break down like completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a nightmare. What a monster. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was so proud to mm-hmm. just see her not you know, decide not to marry him. I think it was definitely the right choice. Mm-hmm. And apparently she's with someone else. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about that. Oh my gosh. I saw two possibilities and I'm like, uh, I don't yeah. like either of them to be honest with you, but anyways. Wait. Okay. When we get to that, I have like some, yeah. it's not Intel, but <laughs> I like have some evidence to share. Oh, okay. So getting through the rest of the wedding, speaking of another female rejection, Natalie mm-hmm. and Shane, mm-hmm. I mean, 
their dynamic and getting more into it when we get to the actual reunion portion of the discussion. It's so interesting because I feel like, to be honest, they're both kind of to blame. And I'm not trying to absolve Shane of any guilt. I think, and I want to hear your thoughts. I think that deep down, he's probably like a good person. And I think you can see that based on like the advice that he gives and the way that he treats his mom. Like those are signs of high character. Like he really cared about wanting her family to like him and like to make a good impression. But there are obviously issues like he lashes out when he feels hurt, like he needs a lot of validation and like doesn't handle it well when he doesn't get it. I think there are anger issues. And like his dad also passed away a few months before filming. So I'm sure he's not processed that fully Mm -hmm. if you've just jumped into a reality show to find your wife. So that being said, he has a lot of flaws. I do think that Natalie has some issues where she cuts him down. And it's kind of like, I don't know, I think some of it is joking, right? But like, I would love to hear your thoughts on whether that's okay in the name of it being a joke, or if there comes a point where you need to cool it once your partner has expressed discomfort with that. Yeah. You know, you hear all the time that whatever our biggest weakness is, sometimes we like attract people that trigger that or push that button. And I think that's what happened with them. I think her insecurity of being emotionally vulnerable you know, comes out in this way where she like jokes around instead of being like upfront about how she's feeling and his need for so much validation all the time, like together, like they were like not working because he's constantly needing the validation. She's using joking as a coping mechanism. And then they're just like causes all these fights and stuff. Yeah. So my thoughts on that, I felt differently when we were recording our podcast Mm -hmm. about Shane and I kind of just like, when I was watching the weddings and the reunion and seeing just like, it's kind of sad. I just, I kind of feel bad for him in in a weird way. I don't know what happened, but like, I went from like feeling like not as bad for him to feeling bad for him and realizing that a lot of it is just, I think there's just a lot of mental health issues and also grief and just the constant moving around can signify a lot of things. Yeah. Discomfort and nobody, you know what nobody talks about? Mm. Social anxiety. It's present all the time on TV. Oh my God, yeah. But people look at it as, oh, he's crazy or she's Mm -hmm. acting this way or doing this. And in reality, I think that there's a bit of social anxiety with him. Yeah. And so maybe even being on the show, even though people want to be on TV, it doesn't always mean they should be. And it doesn't mean that they actually know what they're getting themselves into. Just like we'll talk about the reunion with Nick, Vanessa, and Shake, that comment. But I think with Shane, maybe he thought that going on something like this would have been, you know, life-changing. And it mm-hmm. sounds like maybe it was for him. But yeah. I think Natalie, I feel like I've been the Natalie in a Shane situation before. Interesting. And I don't know why, because mm-hmm. like deep down, like I have a very like bubbly, silly personality. Yeah. But sometimes I'll be with a partner who's a little too goofy mm-hmm. or whatever for me. And I'll be guarded and mm-hmm. kind of like throw out digs. Interesting. And just bouncing. And I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. But I could see it being like similar to Shane and Natalie. Mm. Yeah. I actually have two, I'm not going to say how I know these people. There are two people I know who remind me of them a little bit. And it more so in the sense that like the female in the relationship, I think she really likes this guy, but whenever I've been in their vicinity, she will say horrible things about him. I feel like it makes everyone uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. And I just have always wondered, even before making this direct comparison, like what that is stemming from. And I kind of do think that it might be like a similar thing where she feels some insecurities. I also feel like she feels like this person is a catch. I think Natalie thought Shane was a catch. And I think it's just manifesting itself in this way of like, I need to cut this person down a bit. Yeah. I think she was also kind of embarrassed by him sometimes because he can be so impulsive and childlike almost sometimes, you know, he's very free to be kind of silly and goofy and he just got a lot of good energy to him. And so she liked that, but I think she was also used to being around people that were more poised all the time, especially, you know, with her family and stuff. And so I think cutting him down kind of like almost like was her way of like being like, I'm kind of embarrassed of you, but I like it, but I don't like it. Cause she was always bringing it up too. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone asked what she liked about him, she would say like, Oh, well, he's got all this energy. And it was almost like she was trying to justify that to herself, like that she liked it, but she wasn't fully comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. I dated a Shane type three years ago and uh, he was so much fun. I had such a good time with him. At the end of the day, though, I found myself being really embarrassed by him. He did some very embarrassing things. I'll tell you what he did. 
Uh, oh man, juicy. Just there's, there's this one thing that my <laughs> friends still make fun of me for it. And it's just, it was very embarrassing. And, and being around him was like so much fun. He's yeah. a good guy, good heart, free-spirited Sagittarius, mm-hmm. but I was embarrassed. And mm. so I'd find myself doing a little bit of what Natalie did. So Ryan, I think that you're on the right yeah. track with that. Yeah, that's really fascinating insight. I think it was good that she said no, though, because I think she also saw the anger issues that were coming up and knew that wasn't going to be good long term. Yeah, you can't tell your fiance that you hate them the night before you're getting married. Like, is there ever a point where you can tell someone you're in a relationship with you hate them and have it be okay? Uh, no. I don't think so. <laughs> hate Because hate is a strong word. You know, you can say I hate you and then take it back like 10 minutes later and say that's not what I meant. But like, if you're going with that feeling and emotion, why are you getting married? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of learning that needs to happen if that's your go-to when you're in a relationship and you get in a fight. And I don't think everyone's been able to kind of catch themselves and work on that and learn to just replace it with something else. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm really upset with you right now. Like, you might be saying in your head, I really hate you right now, but learning to filter that when you're angry, I think is a huge skill and very important for healthy relationships. Yeah. A lot of growth is required, clearly. It'd be so interesting to talk to producers like the night before or the morning of and be like, what were your thoughts on all this? Yes. Because there's no way like Natalie went in saying, yeah, I think I'm going to marry him and then change her mind at the altar, right? <laughs> yeah, but, so I'm curious if anyone knew. Wow. I mean, I have a feeling they probably did. Knowing producers, they yeah. like to put people in, you know, like we were saying, she's going to go first because yep. she's going to say no. Mm-hmm. And he, if he went first, it might say yes. Yeah. But he didn't he did actually he did say, say yes, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he said never yes. mind never mind so i guess it was just like maybe oh, they were so oh, confident so bad. in the fact that she would say no that they're like oh if he says yes that adds to the drama because oh, it's like we know so he's mean. all in it is it is but, horrible even just looking at his mom's face his mom was so happy right after he said yes and then just like morose immediately after oof well going into another heartbreak or i don't know if it's a heartbreak i guess we'll discuss <laughs> mallory and sal what do you guys think Mallory would have said if she went first? Yes. No. Ooh, we have some dissent. You said no, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I don't think she would have said yes. I think she would have said no. I just feel like the entire time she just kind of was along for the ride. I don't know. I think she just would have gone off of whatever he said almost. Yeah. So I would have been really curious for them to like make her go first. But then it's like, that's not necessarily fair to Sal but I don't know Sal could have said no either way I guess I was surprised that he said no that was my one shock to be honest Uh, I mean Nick Nick and Danielle actually saying yes was my other shock but Sal saying no because of the way that he was edited or portrayed it was like he really loves her and she likes him yeah so it was shocking right that was very surprising but she looked genuinely upset and to me that makes me think she would have said yes that's fair, but I think it might have also kind of been a little bit of ego. I was about to say embarrassment. Yeah, because she was know? probably like, this guy's so in love with me. Like, honestly, I've had that happen, not with like marriage level, but where I've been like, this guy's so into me. And then they're like, actually, I don't see this going anywhere. And I'm like, what? Yeah, oh, we've all been there. We've all been there. If you haven't been there, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> and so for it to happen on TV and like, while you're supposed to get married, I'm sure it's like, oh my God. I mean, they were cute together, but it was not... A right fit and it wasn't really you know in her mind I don't think that she wanted that <laughs> I think that she was trying to convince herself to be with exactly. a guy like yes, Sal. yes yes for sure to break her yeah. patterns which is great but like if you're gonna try to do that you have to be all in with the person mm-hmm. for it to work yeah I do wonder too like with her family not being there like that's a big thing how strange yeah. did they explain why her family because they didn't support it or or some other reason I don't think they supported it. I think it was like very last minute her sister showed up. They probably had it really like, please come. Oh my gosh. That's sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's hard. Like I can't even imagine marrying somebody, committing to somebody for life without your family there, you know, unless you really don't have a good relationship with them. But like she had to walk herself down the aisle. Like her sister didn't even do it. That's really horrible. Mm -hmm. One key difference, I think, when we saw how Sal addressed Mal's family, I mean, the family who was there and friends more so, I was like, what a stand-up guy. 
compared to Shake, just being like, well, I'm going to Nobu on Sunday, so I don't care. It's like, just really shows the difference in their character. Yeah, no, totally. Although I thought it was a little awkward. I'm like, you just like rejected her. And now you're like, okay, speech time. <laughs> Sorry, everyone for coming out, but uh, this isn't going to happen. Sorry Thank you. Go get some cake back there on your way out. <laughs> yeah, like the caterers are getting paid either way. So have some food. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then afterwards, you know, they had that conversation and said yeah. they were going to date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was confused about if they were actually were. And I know we got clarity on that in the reunion, but I was like, is he just trying to let her down easy? Cause she very explicitly tried to be like, do you actually want to date? And he's like, we'll see. Yeah. Something happened to him for him to go from being head over heels yes. to not so much. And, and that could be the part we never saw. So we'll never know. Okay, one thing about Love is Blind, there's a lot of secrecy. And mm-hmm. even in the reunion, and even in some discussions which like came out, like I listened to another podcast, which I want to bring up later, I feel like a lot of the cast is like unwilling to share some of the personal off-air details, which is very respectable, but I'm just not accustomed to it. I feel like with The Bachelor, it's so much right. messier, and it people is. will just say whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. We have to like speculate a lot. That's why they were shutting down Shake. They are like, wrong show! You can't talk about this. <laughs> yeah, he really was on the wrong show 100%. <laughs> yeah. He should have been on what, like, Fuckboy Island. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last wedding, Ayana and Jared. I didn't really have anything to say about their wedding, except imagine if she had said no and their, his dad. Was I know, I thought about that too. I was like, ooh, the stakes are high on this one. <laughs> <laughs> This was the one that I felt the most confident in. Mm -hmm. I knew they were going to say yes. I knew they were going to be fine. And that's it. That's all my commentary. I think they're a good match. Mm -hmm. And I hope they make it. I do too. Even the way they were talking about it, like some of the other couples would be very vague. Like, yeah, I've grown a lot with this person, but a lot's happened. But they were like, I'm going to marry this person today. I'm so excited. And then it happened. Yeah. So love to see it. Okay, but I feel like the real juice is Mm -hmm. the reunion. And I think, you know, just starting out on a positive note, like I'm really happy to see that Nick and Danielle and Ayana and Jarrett are still together. Yeah. I guess one thing I wanted to say is that, do you feel like we got like a full glimpse into like how difficult the relationship might have been from finale to date? No. Yeah, no. No, I don't either. I feel like they really didn't tell us that much about what their lives were like post show the married couples because I feel like season one we got much more information about what they've been doing since the show and videos of them together and stuff and this was like we only got a video that was made by Danielle of her walking into (laughs) his apartment and it was badly (laughs) shot so you know yeah TikTok has more juice on stuff than was said in the reunion I think okay I need to creep more of them on TikTok Mm -hmm. yeah well do we have a outline for who we're going to talk about or is this a free for all? Uh, we can just do a free for all, honestly, because okay. I feel like they kind of intertwined so much, especially because Shake kept interjecting even after his time was over. Okay. I did write a quote yeah. from Nick about Shake. <laughs> we unfollowed you because you're so unbearable. Yes. I took note of that too. I was like, <laughs> that said, the fact that they unfollowed Shake, like when everyone is against you, everyone yeah you're in the wrong and it's so interesting like I'd love to know like from family and friends of his if this is an act or he's a character villain or is this who he really is I'm gonna go with the second I think this is who he really is but we must be playing it up if he's not oh my god good luck he is not gonna find anybody so I didn't come up with this but someone mentioned that shake sounds like Tom Haverford and since then I haven't been able to unhear it just like literally his voice and then I was like Honestly, Shake is like if Tom Haverford in the show didn't have any redeeming qualities or character growth, because I feel like Tom Haverford starts out kind of shitty, but then you like see him evolve. And I feel like we started to see that with Shake, but like it was all a farce. Yeah, right. I feel like he was really just almost keeping his mouth shut. Like you don't really see him talking or interacting that much in the show other than him basically telling people the same thing over and over again you know he's got this script and that's basically all he says and so I think the other part of it is he's not being threatened yet so the second he's being threatened which is deep D says no 
and then everyone starts to come for him based on his reaction, that's when you start to see him like freak out and have all these like intense emotional reactions. So I think until he was really put on the spot, we weren't going to see as strong of a personality issue. Yeah. And I feel like it was really fascinating to hear. They alluded to it on the reunion, but I also listened to Deep Dee's interview on Nick Vile's podcast mm-hmm. before the reunion even came out. Mm-hmm. And like hearing that he got a good edit and that not oh all of God, the bad the comments. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, and multiple no. people said that. And that <laughs> the comments that he was making to other people that weren't aired were worse than what we saw. And oh. Just the fact that he had zero remorse for that. Like, I don't know. He never said, I'm sorry. Like, I took note of that. I don't like officially quote me, but I don't think he said it. I think what he said was, I could have handled it differently. I could have worded things differently. But I don't think he feels badly. And the, and that's the traits of, of a true narcissist mm-hmm. is they don't have empathy or remorse because what they feel, they'll say, and they won't take it back, and they don't care. and it's scary. I don't think it's that common, like to be a true narcissist. Like mm-hmm. people have yeah. narcissistic qualities, but like actually having like narcissistic personality disorder is more rare. However, he falls into the category of narcissism for sure. And like, mm-hmm. you don't need a therapist to tell you that. Like mm-hmm. he does not have empathy. And that is so scary. I dated someone without empathy and it was wow. very scary. It ruined me. So I'm so glad that Deep D didn't say yes, because she would have been ruined. Yeah. Yeah. His comment, love is blurry. I also wrote that down. Stupid. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So (laughs) Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey were talking to Shake, and then he went off on his tangent and said, Vanessa's the only attractive woman in the room. I feel like Vanessa wanted to vomit. She's like, (laughs) please don't. I don't have time for this. (laughs) So rude. Yeah. No, I mean, and then, you know, Nick's comment about, wanting him to have more empathy for humans and animals. Like, I'm glad he has empathy for animals. That tells us he's not a psychopath, but it's still, you know, he's very confident in himself and, you know, what he's saying. And in his mind, it's like, well, everyone has a a preference when it comes to people they're attracted to. Sure, which is totally true. But the difference is that they don't treat people so horribly. And I think that most people's like Mm -hmm. attractiveness scale, it's on a... It goes back and forth. It's it's wider than his and his is so narrow and fat phobic and misogynistic. It really has to do with like, who can he break down? Who can he like have power over? And size wise, I think that's a big part of it too. If a woman's bigger than him or taller than him or whatever it is, he loses power in that dynamic. Yeah. I wrote down that he's openly fat phobic too, because yes. like him just really doubling down on the weight so specifically, gross. I was like, oh. And like also seeing the montage, like mm-hmm. I forgot all of the questions mm-hmm. that he asked about, like, what size are you? Or like, do you work out? Because I like people who work out. I'm like, so gross. And also, I feel like he kind of not only disrespected Deep D in this, but I feel like in saying like, I don't think that this show was really about finding a wife when it's like, okay, yeah. yes, it is. I feel like that is disrespectful to the couples who are sitting in front of you saying they're happily married and that this mm-hmm. worked for them. But they're smart. The other couples know that whatever he's saying is just he's talking out of his ass and it means nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was a collective like, mm-hmm. we don't care about you. Stop running your mouth moment. And the viewers know that too. Yeah. The fact is, is he didn't get a wife. He's butthurt. He's yep. upset. So he's going to make everyone feel bad and terrible if they did or just for being on the show. But he was definitely on the wrong show. Yes. And there was one point where he's like, I don't want to be put in a box where I have to be forced to marry someone. And I literally thought to myself, well, you aren't because no one wants to marry you. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was very interesting for sure. It was. Okay. So the one thing I feel like because everyone was so united against Shake is, and this is kind of now transitioning into another couple. So when Shake kind of came for Shayna and was like, you said yes, because he wanted more airtime. I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. And everyone's like, no, you're not. I feel like they just said that because they're like, we hate you. So we're not going to agree with anything you say. I feel like if it had come out of someone else's mouth, maybe there would have been a little more heat thrown to Shayna. So transitioning to that, how do you guys feel about Shayna's response and her kind of like confrontation with Kyle? So I don't know if she is like truly, truly sorry for what she did. I think that she is good enough about like knowing what to say, you know, in the right situation. Like, okay, this is what I need to say. This is how I'm Mm going to look best. 
maybe she is actually sorry. But I will say, like, side note, saw this thing on TikTok where it was like the only person who actually like shake a Shayna. And there's a picture of them at the reunion where she's on his shoulders. No. Oh, no. Into the narrative. Oh, my Uh, God. Ew, I didn't know that. Yeah. This is unfortunate because Shayna was also on the podcast with Nick Vile. And I was like, controversial. I left having more empathy for her, actually. Because, I mean, again, I think Ryan, you bring up a good point. She knows what to say and how to present herself. I was like, she came across as like, honestly, very like relatable and kind of likable a little bit. I don't think that she made the right decisions. And I mean, she owned that. She was like, yeah, I should have said no. Like you can't argue any other way. Right. And I think she knows that for sure that she should have said no, but I don't know how bad she actually feels about what it may have done to Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it would have been interesting if Shane and Shana had ended up together. Do you think that they would have made it? Down the aisle. I don't know, because I don't think that Shayna would have ever given Shane the amount of validation he needed. I don't think that's in her nature either. That's a good point. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we'll never know, because we barely saw their progression just inside the pods, but Mm -hmm. she is, like, forgettable to me. I don't know. There's just a quality about her. Like, I've seen this a million times on reality TV, and you're not even doing it half as good as, Mm. like, some of the other villains. Yeah. So another thing that wasn't said during the reunion, but was on this podcast, she was like, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but there were some aspects of Kyle's like personality and the way that he treated me that made me say no, in addition to the faith. And she also said that she didn't care as much about him being religious, but like felt ridiculed by him. Do you feel like there's any truth to that? Do you feel like she was unwilling to say what those qualities Mm. were because it was a cop out? Or do you think that maybe there could have been something on Kyle's end that was a little more insidious. I was definitely going to bring him up. I don't trust him. Like from the get-go, there was something about him that made me feel like his ability to connect to relationships is very shallow. Mm. And I'm not saying like how she looks shallow per se, but that he doesn't really connect to people on a deeper level. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It just always felt like there's something wrong here the inappropriateness to like his jokes and his smiling at the wrong time. Yeah. How he presented himself to her family. Like there just seems like this kind of either immaturity or whatever. And I found him on TikTok and Mm -hmm. I still feel Mm -hmm. that way about it. Okay. Yes. Speaking of this TikTok, have you seen the TikTok with Deep Deep? Oh, 10. What do you guys think? Do you think they're really dating or is this like a publicity thing? I can't see them together. I don't even remember them talking into the pods. Did they? Were they like a thing? I don't know. I was going to ask you guys because I don't remember. I'm, I'm sure they did. But again, editing. We didn't um, see that. We, you know, if, I'm sure they were having like full on days of talking in the pods, all these different people. But, you know, something interesting to bring up is that sometimes, you know, you'll meet someone and they're like a shake, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who they're with. You have all these negative qualities and nobody likes you. <laughs> but then sometimes you are with someone who does have maybe in the past negative qualities or comes off a certain way but with the right person is able to curb that. And I feel like I've been in situations before where, you know, I brought out the best side of someone. They brought Mm. out a better side of me. So with that being said, you know, only time will tell, but for all we know, what we think of Kyle now could be very different if he is with Deep D, depending on their relationship and what they bring out of each other. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about it because I don't think we've seen enough of their interaction. I think to your point, there is potential. When he said my biggest regret is not proposing to her, I was like, what a statement out of left field. I don't know. Like, like how does Deep D feel about this? And then there was that photo with her and Sal, but that was just like friendly, but people Mm -hmm. were like trying to stir the pot. And I'm like, actually, they look adorable (laughs) together. So they would be cute. They would be cute. Yeah. No, I thought that was really random too. And also felt like, you're so upset with Shayna for like dumping you, but now you're just like, well, this whole time I really feel like I should have picked this person. Like, then aren't you like just as bad? Like, then why did like same thing? Like, why did you propose? I feel like they were kind of the same experience. They just both wanted to say yes to somebody. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's weird. I guess we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like DP, I mean, I feel like almost anyone who tried to court her, I'd be like, you're not good enough. But I, I just really feel like mm-hmm. she could do better than Kyle. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. 
Okay, so I feel like we can probably go over Ayana and Jarrett just because like there isn't as much to say about them. Like they're happily together. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me is that like the difference between Ayana and Jarrett and Shayna and Kyle was just like transparency because in theory, they mm-hmm. kind of were both in like the same position a little bit yeah. where Jarrett approached someone first who he was thinking that he had a stronger connection with. And I guess Shayna did it after she accepted a proposal, which makes it way shadier, but it's like, had Shayna been a little more transparent, I think it would have been harder for her to be vilified. So I guess mm-hmm. it's like, it just puts us in such an interesting position because now like no matter what anyone has to say about Jared picking two women, Ayana made an informed decision. She couldn't say that Jared did anything that was like unsavory really. Yeah, I agree. And I actually think even though it's awkward, I think he did the right thing by being super upfront with everybody involved. And I think that shows mm-hmm. some really strong emotional intelligent qualities, you know, that he knew like, okay, I need to talk about this and give them the full story. So I give him props for that. Like obviously awkward. And he he said like, of course we're in this situation where it's going to look bad because no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like, sorry, yeah. I'm like kind of now taking back what I said because I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like the conversation <laughs> he had with Mallory at the beach was kind of like what Shayna did to Shane now that I'm thinking about it. Yes, definitely that part of it. I'm just thinking about in the pods when he like, yes, after he asked Mallory, like he was honest with Ayana too. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the connection at the beach was definitely like scurry. My only notes on Jay and I, I took from that, the fact that they compromise on the issue yeah. of going out and staying in. Yeah. So I really like that. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jared got an amazing edit for all we know. And yeah. all we saw was that one moment because I don't have a lot to say about him. Mm-hmm. He apologized uh, about the bonfire and the ring yeah. at the yeah. you know at the reunion. And that yeah. was an inappropriate situation for sure. I was overstepping yeah. Yeah. 100%. But he yeah. took ownership of it and they seem to be thriving and doing well. Yeah, they're like that one couple that you're like, we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. They look good together. They do. Yeah. They do. They seem happy. Even though they did say like, oh, it's a roller coaster. I think they have a lot to work out. Like it's a big difference in values that they have to overcome, but it seems like they're really trying to actively work on yeah. it. So This experiment is really cool, but it's just also really stupid because there are couples that, yeah, after a month of dating do get married or propose, you know, my parents dated for two months and got engaged. Mm -hmm. So it's possible, but it's very unrealistic and there's no rush a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So they're having to meet, date, do all this in a month. Could you imagine? Literally no. Yeah. It's an insane experiment. So no wonder they're having issues. Like that is normal to me based on their timeline, but I still like the idea behind love is blind. I do too. Yeah. I just wish that maybe they gave them like six months, but then again, that would just be like real life. That's true. (laughs) I guess that's true. Because I was thinking the same of like, that's the only complaint I have with the show, but I guess it needs to have some edge. And maybe they have some type of, I don't know, like the Elaine ring or (laughs) trip honeymoon as a a prize. Yeah. If you make it. Genuinely make it to that point. Yeah, where do they get the rings? I feel like there's like a sponsorship opportunity Mm -hmm. for some ring company to swoop in for season three, which is already being filmed. Oh, it is? Yes. Yes. Speaking of sponsorship opportunity, this isn't a good transition at all, but I felt like we should show our glasses, Lauren. Yes. Because we showed Ryan earlier before we started recording, but we got the Love is Blind glasses. (laughs) Now, every time I see a gold (laughs) wine glass, I like instantly am transported back to the show. Right? Yeah, it's good branding. They did a great job. Yeah. So I feel like because we're talking about Jarrett, maybe we should transition into Sal and Mallory. So Vanessa and Nick basically were like, you two are the hardest to figure out. And I agree. Like, I don't really know what this is. It's like oil and water. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is this? Sal, I like love him. He's I, sweet. He's so sweet. He seems if like everything that he's saying is genuine. I'm like, he's like way too pure to be on any reality TV. He just seems like very thoughtful and like he was very earnest in everything that he was saying and another ambiguous thing like he really talked about like Mallory doing some hurtful things or like him not feeling heard but then wouldn't elaborate and he specifically was like there's things that happened off air that I don't want to talk about so what do you guys think that is no idea (laughs) 
I don't know. The only thing I can really think of is in their personality differences. Like Mal's much more composed, like with her emotions. I feel like she's got more of that typical masculine energy where she just kind of like does her thing and like navigates through her life. I think she's probably used to just being Mm -hmm. independent. And I think he's a little bit more of that feminine energy where he's like, well, I want you to come home and I want to talk about our feelings. And I'm being overdramatic about it, but I think maybe that's the case. And maybe he was much more in need of that emotional communication. And she'd come home and be like, I just worked all day. Like, no, Mm -hmm. that's my assumption in my head, but who knows? What would have happened if Jarrett and Mallory ended up being together? What do you think would have happened there? That's a good question. I feel like one possible scenario that I see is like Jarrett would have kept doing his thing of like, I'm going to stay out and party and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if Mallory would have been okay with it, but if she weren't okay with it, I don't know that she would have fought and like expressed and articulated her concerns the way that Ayana did to fight for the relationship. I think she's a little more avoidant. And so she might've just been like, well, this isn't going to work and like started to pull Mm -hmm. away rather than like expressing why it bothered her. Mm. I wonder how everyone gets casted for this show. Yeah, I can see that too. I know. Like there's obviously going to be like who can stir up drama, who could be a villain. There's Mm -hmm. always that. Who's Mm -hmm. the sweet person. Mm -hmm. But then the other people in the middle, I'm like, how did you, I think this is just real life. And especially in dating, like you think you're ready. And then you're in it and you realize you're not Mm -hmm. because there's someone like Mallory who maybe she thought she was way more ready for this type of experiment. But then the way she portrays herself is, you know, very avoidant. And I'm just something I wonder. Mm -hmm. I also wonder if it's hard to cast for because, I mean, other reality shows, I don't know. I mean, I think other reality shows are toxic in other ways, but I feel like it's an easier sell rather than being like, are you down to agree to marry someone who you've never seen? Mm-hmm. Most people aren't. <laughs> right. I will say, though, like the people on the show like tend to be a little bit more real life people. I just wish that they would push further with the diversity, like body diversity in general. Absolutely. And I know that this kind of was at the very end of their union, but when they showed the trailer for the new oh. show, the Ultimatum show. Oh, my God. That oh was... Gosh. It's honestly, like, so crazy. Will like, I attempt to watch it? Yes. Same. Will I like it? Uh, to TBD. <laughs> but one thing I Ugh. noticed, and this might make me sound shallow, so I don't want it to come across in the wrong way. I think everyone on the show, Love is Blind, is attractive. But, like, there's a whole other level of, like, bachelor-level attractive where it's, like, this is crazy and, like, you don't really see people like that in the real everyday world all the time. And I felt like the cast of this ultimatum show was more along the lines of like that level of Mm -hmm. looks versus like attainable attractiveness, if that makes sense. Right. And I think it's because it's a show where you're not behind closed walls. So it's like people are going to be making those like snap judgments when they see you immediately. Like there isn't that time for the emotional to supersede the physical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though I love the concept of love is blind, it's just... And we talked about it on our podcast, but it's just really hard because there is sometimes people just are attracted to a certain type of person and they shouldn't be shamed for it. If let's say you are very active and you want a partner who's active Mm -hmm. and in shape, I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. However, you could be a little bit kinder, nicer about it. Agreed. Agreed. But I don't think him wanting someone who works out and is in shape is wrong. No. And that is something that you have to deal with if you're in this type of experiment. That's why it's in some ways it's unrealistic, but I do like seeing the emotional progression Mm -hmm. of just like, you're falling in love with someone's mind and personality. Yeah. Like how attractive. That's so cool. The biggest sexual organ is the brain. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think too, like there's a difference between somebody who works out and somebody that's stereotypically in good shape and fit. because there's people that work out all the time that aren't going to be below a size 10 or whatever. For sure. For sure. It's like, are you picking somebody because you want them to be stereotypically attractive or are you picking them because that your values match up? Like for you, you really want someone in your life that works out and is active and outdoorsy. That's cool. But how would you feel if that person wasn't as thin as it would be stereotyped that they should be, but they can still do all of the things you're wanting to do with them. And so I think 
if he was like that, like, Hey, my values are, I really love to be outdoorsy and hike and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I think it would have been different, but it was not about that. It had nothing to do about that. Yeah. He was trying to be PC and not say, yeah. Hey, are you a size zero? Cause I only date really thin girls. Yeah. I mean, he did ask Ayana what size she was. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. Oh. And you know, I think Nick and Vanessa had said something along the lines of like, okay, but attractiveness changes. If you're marrying somebody, this isn't going to stay the same. Like if she gets pregnant, yeah, Mm -hmm. she may never go back to that size again. She probably won't go back to that size again. And even one of his friends before he got married said, what do you think you're going to look like in 20 years? It's just like, you have to realize that these things fade. But DP's right. amazing personality will not. Exactly. And no offense to Shake, but kind of offense. Who cares, <laughs> honestly? I mean, I don't find him attractive. But also his personality makes him less attractive. Right? His yeah. personality matters. It really does. I just think he has a lot of nerve to comment. <laughs> yeah. When he was like, yeah, I really want to get back into my workout routine. I was like, what? Is that even important to you? Like, you, this is the first time you've brought it up all season. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you work out? Okay, we've heard you talk about it once. Yeah, like, okay, cool. I even forgot he was a vet. Same. I mean, on his, like, <laughs> profile for Love is Blind, it says vet slash DJ. So clearly oh, being a DJ oh, I is know that. as important well, to him. Well, that information sums it all up. Oh, right? I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's so bad. So bad. I will say, like, before we get off the topic of shape, like, I respect Vanessa and Nick Lachey so much. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a reunion where the hosts go in on someone so much. Like, I just feel like it makes every, like, women or men tell all on The Bachelor look like child's play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially her saying, like, if I was disfigured tomorrow, Nick would still love me and, like, we'd still be together and, like, just kind of putting that out there for him. Like, you marry this person for who they are because anything had happened at any moment would change their appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they are going to be a big selling point for ultimatum. Although I don't know if they're going to get much camera time, but they should after that display. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I feel like we can skip over Nick and Danielle. Like we kind of talked about them, like they're in a good place. I mean, they're I wish well. we had seen more of yeah. where they're at, but assuming they're good. Mm-hmm. Shane and Natalie, that was really emotional. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was already like in an emotional place and I got kind of emotional, like both with rage and with like adoration of DP, like the rage directed towards Shake. And so I was already kind of like triggered. And then like watching their exchange and like how emotional it was and seeing Natalie like barely be able to get the words out at first when Vanessa asked her a question, like I really felt for her. Like I would be curious to get a glimpse into what their dating experience was like after the Mm -hmm. wedding. Yeah. And do we know how long they dated? I don't think they said. But like going back to the whole Natalie lashing out thing, like how did you guys feel when Shane was like, are you going to take any responsibility for the breakdown of this relationship? I thought that was valid. I mean, there's always two people involved in any fight, even if one person is more at fault, quote unquote, and he took responsibility for that. But yeah, yeah, I think that was good of him. I didn't think at first that Shane had as much capacity to love and to care. He was just very shallow. Mm-hmm. He came across that way. Yeah. But it seems like he developed really strong feelings for her over time and wanted it to work so badly. And yeah, I mean, they're both in the relationship, so it's not perfect. There's going to be ups and downs, but I think it's just a classic, you know, they love each other, mismatched relationship. Yeah. He needs someone who's a little bit more easygoing and accepting of who he is. And he needs to tone down some of his outbursts. But, yeah, but, you know, mentioning grief is important because when someone important in your life passes away and you don't have time to process it, grief's going to look like a lot of things. And a lot of times it comes out in anger. And so maybe through, you know, therapy we'll see a different side of him but it's up to him if he wants to do that yeah yeah he definitely had very low frustration tolerance yes you know like playing baseball like he couldn't hit the ball and he like had a full-blown mantrum about it but like that is part of grief like your ability to handle anything can really go down and you're going to see more emotionality depending on the person so I think that's a very valid point to point out And also like ADHD too, has a very low stress tolerance. And I, you know, I don't want to label him, but he's exhibiting a lot Mm. of that. And I, I feel like I've dated all these types of people. (laughs) Maybe I should be on love is mine. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've dated 
people who have ADHD mm-hmm. and they are all a little all over the place with their emotions mm-hmm. and stress. And I know it's very invasive to say this, but it would be really interesting to hear more about just mental health in people on these shows. Like I said, I know it's invasive and it's a personal topic, obviously, but it would be interesting because then I feel like I would know so much more about them. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, and I think it's just, it was interesting to see that even during this conversation, like at one point, Shane said like, yeah, but like, don't you think I'm a good person? Like, aren't you going to say I'm a good person? And just again, Mm -hmm. that was that need for validation coming out, even when it's like, it's over between the two of them and like they've gone through the ringer and he still needs that which was interesting. Yeah. Which is also another thing. I don't have the right word of ADHD. Wow. This is a need for validation. That one's not, that that. one's not very common, but everyone that I've worked with or that I personally know who has it Mm -hmm. all have that Mm -hmm. as well. Well, I don't know. Not to get too therapy, but yeah, no, I love it. Like a hidden symptom. I feel like, yeah, like that's, I mean, it could be a lot of things I and mean, we all want validation, but nobody wants to feel like they're the only one who caused something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. So one last thing I wanted to say about Shane was that he made it seem like when Shana walked in the room and he thought he was going to propose to Natalie, I feel like the producer set him up. Like, oh did you guys God. get that vibe? No, but that yeah. makes sense. Like the language she was using and even the language I think Vanessa was using was like, you thought Natalie was going to walk into the room and then Shayna walks into the room. Like, I feel like he was. Right. It's like he asked her to bring her in. Yeah. I think he was set up for failure, which is very fucked up. That's mean. But classic reality TV. The Bachelor, they do this all the time. Yeah. Like what a dirty trick, but it made for amazing television. (laughs) Yeah. But then we see that lack of ability to like bounce back from that. Yeah. It's like that was embarrassing, but then he like fully like just like oof, you know melted down. He melted down a couple of times, yeah. With the excessive body movements too, which I like Lauren was saying earlier, I find really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, this was so interesting, and I would love to hear like if you guys have any closing thoughts on like who do you think came out of the reunion looking the best? I mean, Deep D, of course. So like anyone aside from Deep D. And then aside from Shake, who do you think came out looking the worst? So like who had the biggest net positive gain and net negative loss? I think for me, I feel like Kyle looked bad. Yeah. Not horrible like Shake did, but I feel like his kind of like reactions to Shayna, like how he was kind of like really upset about it and then like turned around and been like, well, I should have just proposed to Deep D. Like for me, I felt like he looked pretty bad in that scenario. And then who looked the best? I don't know. I think Shayna did a good job. Yeah, she did. Like composing herself and like clearly communicating that she owned it all and all that. I don't know because I mean, my answers are shaken deep deep. But besides <laughs> them, I just, like you said earlier with the reunion, there was something missing. I mm. was so excited. And then I feel like it was an entire letdown of an hour. <laughs> like there wasn't any juicy information and you know, also, I always wonder, like, between finale and reunion, how many months has gone by? Yeah. You know, was it a couple months versus a year? I don't know when they were filming, but... I feel like it's been a year. I'm trying to look to see if Because a year's a long that. time. Like, I want to hear what's been going on. I think it's been a year, but, wow. like, don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Jeez. I don't know why that's, like, popping up for me. I think that... Who ended up looking? I don't know. Do you have one, Leslie? So I think Sal, for me, came okay. across looking yeah, the best because I, I was that. just like, what a sweet little angel. And <laughs> I think before I roasted him a little bit for his, like, my fiance is hot, like, fiance. I was like, this is so cringy. <laughs> and it's like still cringy, but I'm like, now I feel bad for making fun of him because he seems yeah. amazing. But Shayna would be my, like, second choice, though, in terms of, like, who came up looking, like, from a net positive perspective, like, having the most gain. Mm-hmm. In terms of who looked the worst, I agree that Kyle did look pretty bad. I didn't like the way he was talking to Shayna. I feel like he kept interrupting her and it's like he kept harping on things. And I feel like Shane said this at one, like how many times can someone apologize? Clearly you're still bitter about it, but like don't continue to drag her through the coals because there's literally nothing else she can say other than I should have said no. And I'm sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, this was amazing. Thank you for letting me, you know, live out all of my love is blind, like (laughs) indulgences for two weeks in a row now. And I would love for you guys to plug where people can find you on the podcast and where they can listen to the episode one through nine recap that we did. 
Ryan, you want to take it away? So you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It is called Dope Shit My Therapist Says. And instead of an I in shit, it's a star. So if you can't find us, make sure to put a star there. And on Instagram, we are Dope SHT Therapy Pod. Amazing. Thank you for having us, Leslie. It was fun to talk about reality TV. And anytime you want to dish, uh, yes. we are, we're ready. Yes. I mean, obviously, we'll have to come back for ultimatums. <laughs> like, you know what? I, why not? Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> Well, thanks as always for listening. You can find me at Interstates and Heartbreak, all spelled out on Instagram and on TikTok. And you can find my personal account at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. No affiliation with the evil Tom Haverford, aka Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.